Welcome to our Monday Night Memories, brought to you by our friends at Twin City and, of course, the Chariot Auto Group. Uh, Nate Barrett has promised an automobile to each one of these guys after this interview. <laughs> so that's I know Vinny Sutherland's here. I know Vinny Sutherland's going to be happy with that. But really, this is a this is a privilege for me because these are some of my my favorite team and my favorite people, even though none of you I know all that well, but uh, you certainly did it all on the football field. And it was a lot of fun for people at Golden Black and Purdue fans forever to remember this group. And I'm going to go around the horn uh, when we ask questions. Jason Lorazel, give me a, give me a, I want a little, a 30 second speech of where you are and what you're doing now. And I'll start. Jason was obviously a linebacker on that team, a senior uh, on that squad. Uh, what's new with you, Jason? Oh, thanks for having me. Um, new with me. Um, well, I have, I live in New Orleans. I have three kids. Uh, my oldest is a junior on the um, varsity football team here at uh, Isidore Newman School. So that's fun watching your kids play now. Um, it's not fun when your oldest son is bigger than you um, <laughs> around the house. Um, but anyways, um, I, uh, I run a few companies. I'm in the medical distributorship. Um, and I also uh, have a few franchises with um, a, uh, a few people you might know, uh, some of my college roommates, uh, Drew and Ben Smith, uh, under, the, under the name Boilermaker Ventures is our, visitors, our business. So and you're also involved with the new little venture up here, I believe, with, with uh, Kelly Kitchell's new, at least you were up here for that. Is that right? Were you involved with that? Yes. Right? Yeah, that's, that's under our, we, we have a bunch of franchises and that's one of them. The uh, Everbowl, which is on campus, go check it out. Yeah, all right, Gilbert, Gilbert Gardner, I'll go, go down to you and and uh, what's new with you in in, the, in in Texas? Yeah, so I am um, I'm down here coaching at my old high school, Angleton, Texas. Um, been a defensive coordinator down here for uh, six years, seven years, I think. Um, in the middle of the season right now, I'm making a playoff run. Uh, I got uh, I'm married. I got two kids, a boy and a girl. Boys in eighth grade. Uh, my daughter's in six. They're both, uh, they're both athletic, um, kids who I push the hell out of and, you know, (laughs) trying to to make them better than me. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so that's me. All right. That's You were pretty dang good. Don Collar, up to you, my friend. Uh, I'm retired here in West Lafayette and, uh, I'm enjoying it as uh, coach Tiller used to say, uh, every day is Saturday and he's right on that. Every day is Saturday. There you go. Jim Lathrop. I'm up here in uh, Bloomington Normal. Uh, actually live in Normal. Uh, retired. Um, and uh, just kind of uh, biding my my time. I'm having some surgery this uh, year and, and that kind of thing. But uh, some stuff that will be very helpful for me. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to, you know, spending a long, long, fruitful retirement. Um, you know, just enjoying go- watching football games and stuff like that. And eventually driving around and seeing people. I agree. And, and for those of you that may not know, Don Collar was a, obviously a longtime high school coach, but also the direct operations director for Joe Tiller and staff did, did all things, kinds of things. Jim Lathrop, the strength coach, uh, and a legendary one at that. We could have a whole episode of uh, people's uh, uh, feelings about uh, Jim and the job that he did as, as Jason shakes his head. All right, Vinny. You only get 30 seconds, my friend. What, oh, what, uh, what's up with you in Florida? Well, you know, I like to do things fast. So <laughs> there you go. Got, a, got, got an 18 year old uh, in, in college, uh, goes to Palm Beach State uh, down here in West Palm Beach. 
Uh, I was in high school for several years. Uh, I, I moved over to school uh, in Martin County, uh, coaching there. We're doing pretty well. Got a couple of kids I'm going to bring up to the Purdue football camp this year. Uh, other than that, I, uh, I'm still in the insurance world. And uh, I'm married to a wonderful uh, woman named Angela, who actually puts up with my uh, sorry ass. <laughs> there you go. Uh, a true statement, I'm, I'm guessed. Nate Barrett, you got the first question. We all okay. know what you're doing, but you, you right. get the first question for the guys. Thanks, Alan. Okay, fellas, so you're going to take us inside. I, let me take you inside the press box for a minute at halftime of the Michigan game when Golden Black uh, alum Kevin Keckler turns to Ed Howitt and says, with me standing there as a student intern, Ed, what is going on? You guys are down 28 to 10 coming off the Penn State loss. I guess I'd go with you, Jason, for the first one. What was the atmosphere like in that locker room at halftime of the Michigan game? Well, um, you mentioned it um, off of um, the Penn State loss, which was uh, one that I remember very well. Um, I remember the plane ride home. I remember practice leading up to it. So um, the locker room, you know, I will say, I think the coaches did a really good job of preparing us. Um, I don't think there was ever uh, a time where we did not feel prepared. Um, The coaches would always get together, um, figure out the game plan, make good adjustments, and then come out and and direct us. Um, I don't think there was ever chaos or, or, or anything crazy going on in the locker room, but uh, you know, most of the time you have the seniors that'll get up and give a little speech. Um, I do know there were a few of them that did, um, and 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 we, you know, we bought into it. Ducky Akobe. Absolutely. That's exactly who I was. That's exactly who I was thinking. I didn't get a hold of Chucky for this, but we, again, we might have our old separate one, but uh, on that Gilbert, to follow up on Nate's question, you're a freshman in that team and that team and and getting, uh, getting a a lot of uh, playing time at that point uh, in a position that you really didn't start at. You got moved there, right. As your year, but talk about what you, what you remember from that. Oh, uh, first off, I just remember, the first half of that game, I just remember the, the punt block. Um, I remember being on the field and I could like, I didn't know that the, it was being blocked. I like felt it in my chest when the crowd erupted. Um, I never felt a feeling like that as far as how loud they had been. Uh, I do remember checking the locker room. Uh, Benny's right. Uh, that's kind of who he is. You know what I'm saying? Rally the troops type of type of guy but uh during that time man I mean the offensive defense obviously we were separate and I remember two voices um in my head three actually one obviously was Brock Spack, a different coordinator uh, <laughs> but I remember I remember J-Lo um telling everybody on our side of the ball stay calm um I remember <laughs> I remember Aiken like um Aiken was like when you would think that it's time to panic, uh, he wasn't. And for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying? I know we didn't end up winning the game or whatever, but uh, for whatever reason, he wasn't. So I had never been in a situation like that. And, uh, you know, those are the guys that I looked after. I, I looked up to, uh, you know, I mean, no offense to the other leaders on, the, on, on our team offensively, but, man, for me, you know, it was, it was Aiken and it was Jay. And uh, those are the guys that I listened to uh, more than anybody else on the defense. Yeah. Vinny, Vinny, you scored the the first touchdown in the second half and got him back in the game here a little bit. Uh, 
Yeah, what do you recall being down well, 18 at that? I remember if you got if you got if you had our offensive line and you had your breeze, you were you were always probably in the game. Yeah. So so you know if if you know I I don't think that was our best year of of weapons per se. Like I go back to you know I'll never forget that Toledo loss. I I had to I was like reevaluating why the hell I came here at that point. Yeah. But like by the time we were seniors, like we we knew. You know, we didn't have to press. You know, it, it, we were we were in the game and we knew it. Especially, like you said, after my touchdown, we had momentum, and the defense was starting to get stops, and they came on and they came on strong. So, when when they started getting stops, you know, we, we weren't having a problem moving the ball in the first half. We just weren't scoring. So right. once we started scoring. You know the defense were getting stops. Re- really, that game fell on the defense because they were, once they started getting stops, we were we were doing pretty well. <clears throat> yeah, and Jim and, and Don, I want to get you. To, you know the guys that is still the greatest comeback in terms of points in the history of Purdue football. Purdue has never come back for more than eighteen points at the half, and uh, that's that second half defense was unbelievable. All right, Jim, you work with these guys in the trenches, so to speak, from a strength and conditioning standpoint. Yep. But uh, uh, what do you recall from that one? Well, I guess looking at it from this perspective is is over the over the entire time those first uh, four years leading up to that point, I, I really felt like it was kind of a, almost the summation of what they had done over all that time. There was a great mix of young, uh, young, young guys who really need shine and help out. There was a mix of great talent, great ability. There's guys experienced, uh, wily crafty veterans and that kind of thing. And I really, I'm, I remember thinking in that game, I didn't even at that, even at the, the, the worst point, I didn't think that we were going to lose. Yeah. Um, just by the nature of the way these guys were and haven't been around them and spent that time with them. Um, I really felt like, you know, they're a great group of guys and, and that their, their abilities, uh, you know, eventually things would, would get squared up, squared up and we'd be fine. Don, your close relationship with Joe Tiller and your experience in coaching, uh, you look back at that game and, and, uh, we didn't get Travis on this one, but obviously the, you know, the, you missed the field goal and, and against Michigan, but then you turn around and, and he gets his, he gets his mulligan and, and makes it. Uh, talk about that just in your perspective of your coaching career in terms of a you know a wild game that Michigan game as much as anything. I think you know being my first fall back with with uh, back at Purdue you know I'd been there from eighty one to eighty four and yeah. Coach Tiller and I had worked together then but going back specifically to two thousand I was uh, very surprised I shouldn't say surprised but I always thought that the leadership on that team the two thousand team. There was, I don't know if there was just one strong leader. I thought that everybody was just mentally strong, emotionally strong, and uh, they were outspoken, uh, not necessarily verbally, but with their actions. And I just thought there was a lot of strong character guys in that group, uh, on that team. I never sensed any feeling of panic when we went in at halftime. You know, we had uh, given Michigan a second chance. They had, there was a penalty and we right. gave them the ball back and they went down and scored. And uh, I remember walking off the field next to Coach Tiller, and he was very calm. He, you know, he's very good about hiding his emotions anyway, but I really felt like uh, there was uh, n- not going to be a, a problem there because I, I knew that the, the character of the kids. I will give you one quick thing, though. Um, the Michigan team, they hated to come to Purdue. They didn't yeah. like the grass because it was so long. Yeah. And that goes all the way back to Bo. 
But what happened the night before that game was that the fire alarm at the family inn out there on 43 yeah. went off three times. Yeah. And they had to empty the hotel three times. Vinny, did you do that? I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> okay, go, go ahead, Don. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, what ends up happening is Lloyd is he's he's irate. He thinks that Purdue has done some subterfuge and has done a way, you know, to get their kids out of the hotel and break up their rhythm. And looking at the first half, I don't think it bothered them. But yeah. the, the the reality was the reality was is that the TV crew was staying at that hotel and they were smoking so much marijuana that the fire <laughs> alarm went off three times. And those are the guys that actually had the fire alarm go off. It wasn't Purdue. It was the ABC TV crew or ESPN, whatever crew it was. That, that's what the problem was. And I found that out from the uh, Tipping County Sheriff after the game. I love that story. And, and you know what, now we're, we're, we're not, we're not going to be political about legalization of pot. Maybe that, maybe we should, should do that during this deal. All right, Nate, go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't know that marijuana saved Purdue. That's a good thing. Go ahead. Uh, Vinny, uh, talk with us about uh, you go, you go on the road uh, with a good performance up at Northwestern. Uh, Any comments on that one? And then we'll get into Wisconsin, but any comments that you guys would have on the, on a 41, 28 win up in Evanston. Yes. Wildcats. I got got plenty of comments. Four (laughs) no Western. No way we were losing that one. Yeah. So, and the uh, 99 yard, you had the 99 yard reception the year before. So there you go, but go ahead, Vinny. I'm I'm still breathing hard from that. Gilbert, well, we we were felt going in that Northwestern game that we were player for player better than them. Like yeah. so, it was that was our game to lose. Um, you know, it, it wasn't really an roast. I, I didn't feel like it was a real emotional roller coaster of a game. I felt we had the upper hand the whole time. Uh, Michigan player for player, were we better? No. Do I think Brock's back and Jim Cheney outcoached them fully? Yeah. You know, as far as Northwestern. I, I, if we play them 10 times, we're winning nine. So that's, that's yeah. basically how I feel about that one. Jim and, or excuse me, uh, Jason and Gilbert, though, they had a very good running back in Damian Anderson. They had a, you know, a kind of a slashing type offense. You guys shut them down. I, 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 I what do you recall about that? And, and they're there because, of course, they end up getting a share of the Big Ten title with you guys at, at the end of the day. But uh, uh, tell us about uh, how you dealt with the Wildcats defensively. Go ahead, Gilbert. So um, that game, yeah, I, I agree with Vinny. Um, you know, I know they were, you know, putting up all kinds of points and that, you know, they were doing this kind of new style of offense where it's spread out and they were kind of running an option game basically from the shotgun. Um, but I, I didn't feel that they were better than us like um, – like we sensed against uh, Michigan man for man. I really didn't feel that way. Um, you know, we had, that was the first game that um, our team, since I was there, that our team had actually went in and truly started disguising our coverage and stuff like that from a linebacker standpoint and, and the safety triggering off of it. So, um, you know, Coach Spack had a great game plan. He kept it simple for us. Uh, we went out and we performed. You know, that was the, uh, that was the that, that that was a game where you know going into that game I didn't really have a whole lot of uh, butterflies didn't have a whole lot of uh, doubt in my mind uh, regardless of what you know the media had been saying before and everything like that I just didn't I didn't feel like they could beat us. Yeah, I I didn't uh, I didn't have any doubt. Um, I don't know if y'all know, but Park Ridge where I grew up is 20 minutes from Northwestern. Um, I probably had about 150 people at that game. 
Um, I loved playing at Northwestern. Um, it was a rainy day. Uh, I remember it greatly. Uh, rainy day. Um, they were trying. They were trying everything with us, um, and it was just one of those games where, I'm sure, Gilbert can uh, will will maybe attest to this. But it's one of those games where you know the first quarter they run probably about everything they have in their book, and then all we really have to do is just kind of recognize it the next time yeah. it came back around. Yeah. Um, and you know, everyone says Northwestern players are so smart. Um, <laughs> they really didn't run. They didn't run that much else at us, you know, and I had a bunch of friends that were on that team from high school. So I had no problem getting up for that game and had no doubt that we were going to go to uh, Evanston and win. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Yep. All right. I want to ask, we'll move on to the Wisconsin because, and I'll start with Jim and Don. Uh, it's a, where, where were you? Uh, the sat I can still, and I wasn't at the games watching on TV, but Craig Terrell was an intern for us for several years. And of course, one of the great guys, uh, where were you, uh, Jim Lathrop, the sound of the, to me, everybody talks about the sound of the block that, uh, when he blocks that field goal and then it goes rolling, rolling to Ashante's way. But tell me where I'll start with the you, Jim, and then go to Don. Where, where were you when that happened? I was, I think I was just slightly behind the, uh, Oh, I think it was just slightly behind the kicker. And, uh, Heard it. I think I was standing pretty close to Don. When, were we standing together there? Yeah, we were usually together. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, right there, caught it or, you know, saw it. And I think uh, I ran a little bit that time. Followed <laughs> <laughs> it. I think the whole sideline ran down that sideline <laughs> yeah. about as fast as anything. Yeah. Don, what I'm do you recall? Keep guys from running on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good, that was important. Well, it was, uh, it was a, I was really happy that it happened. I mean, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, Jim and I and Coach Tiller just happened to be grouped in the same spot. And um, it, I was, I was literally on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just to see that happen was just like, you know, you're just hoping to, to goodness gracious that it happens. Um, you know, one thing that, that I found looking back on the game is that, in 98 was when they started jump around. Yeah. Against and, Purdue. Right. Against, against Purdue. Purdue. And so they started it. Uh, Purdue had the ball and they were going towards the student end zone in 98. Well, in 2000, the same thing happened. And I remember standing next to Coach Tiller during jump around. And the defensive line for Wisconsin was dancing. And then yeah. Chucky started to dance. And it was like a dance off. And pretty soon, <laughs> all the defensive linemen for uh, Wisconsin stopped dancing. So there's Chucky dancing in front of like 80,000 people. And I was like, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I wonder what coach Tiller thinks about this. Cause I know where he is and, and a lot of things, but I was wondering what he was thinking. And I thought to myself, I remember turning to Jim and I said, Jim, we just won the damn game because yeah. those guys mm -hmm. quit in the dance contest in front of their yeah. own student body. And I thought, we're going to win. And of course, you know, there's a lot more that happened since that point, but th that kick was a heck of a deal. Yeah. Gilbert or Jason, were you on the field? We, I was on the field. I know, <laughs> I, I know I was on the field. Everything runs through your head, all your rules, don't block behind the ball, you know, just uh, was shocked and amazed that it was um, happening. But I will tell you, um, and I tell my son this all the time, uh, and, and Vinny and Gilbert will remember this, is that we started every practice with special teams and coach Tiller was involved in that coach Tiller was out there on one knee, throwing the ball. We're jumping on the pad. 
uh, special teams are going to come up and bite you or help you at the most uh, opportune time. All you have to do is believe in it and you have to practice it and you have to know what's going on. Uh, we, we did. We knew what was going on. We were prepared for it. Um, and and uh, like, like I said, again, I never went out on that field and felt like I was not prepared. We were always prepared. Yeah. Gilbert, where did you did you catch up with Ashante in the end zone, or were you on the field? What do you? Remember? Yeah. All right. So, uh, so Jason was at the wheel. I was at the mic. I'm not the mic. Okay. I'm sorry. I was at the Sam. Uh, I was at the Sam. So I was on the opposite side of the uh, of the block. So when he when he blocked it, it the ball reflected towards uh, towards my side. Um, I can be. I can be honest with you. Obviously, I was a freshman, so I was not prepared. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't prepared like like, like Jay was at all. Um, you know, I um, when it happened, like it took my it, it took me a while to get my bearings, and then figure out, oh my goodness, we're going to score. We got a chance to win the game and all, all that stuff. So uh, I just remember the next day uh, we're watching film and we watch special teams as an entire unit. And, you know, we get to this play and everybody is excited and, and, you know, yay. And we won the game and a, you know, big time moment. And I remember, uh, you know, coach Spack, who's still to this day, my mentor, um, waits till the crowd gets quiet. And he calls me out and said, now Gardner, why aren't you running full speed? You should be going to get a block. You should be making sure that, you know, you're escorting to the end zone and stuff like that. And so I was not prepared. That was the last time I wasn't, but I, I was not prepared. For that. <laughs> oh, I love that I'll, answer. I'll Nathan. let out. I'll let Alan take us in the Ohio state game, but I do have to ask Vinny. The other iconic image from that Wisconsin game is you picking up coach Tiller. And, <laughs> After that play, I remember tap dancing down the sideline and him and I were doing the Saturday Night Fever going down the fucking sideline. (laughs) I I think it's you. It's him picking you up, isn't it? Yeah, it was. uh, It was one of the times where he wasn't trying to fucking backhand me. (laughs) I wanted to know know what did he say to you? Oh, I don't know. He said, wait, wait, we did it. Fuck those guys. This is the first time we're going to have to put a mature audience in, which I knew would happen. I knew would happen on our show, but that's all right. Um, no, I think I, I think that uh, that that whole thing. All I, and again, I was the only one here that was at home watching it on TV. I just I just could not believe it. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like there were 140 players in that corner of the end zone uh, by the time Ashante got there. They, I, I don't know if that's true, but. Uh, uh, what an amazing win that was and, and uh, set the table for Ohio State. All right, I want to ask, again, you guys all talk about preparation. It was all on the line at that point. I mean, there was a very clear path of, you know, the way things were setting up. Uh, at least at that point, you beat Ohio State and you're in really good shape. Now, I know some things happened two weeks later. But talk about that preparation for Ohio State, a team you should have beaten in 99 over there in the rain. Uh, some things didn't happen to, down the stretch, though. I didn't, didn't, Vinny, you had a touchdown pass in that game, if I remember, at the yeah. game at Ohio State. But uh, my point is, uh, talk about that preparation leading into Ohio State week and, and all this talk all of a sudden about the Rose Bowl. Jason, I'll start with you. Uh, I, I Well, again uh, – the there was talk and it was quiet talk about the Rose Bowl, um, but th- the coaches tried to keep our, our keep us grounded. Um, 
you know, we knew what the, what the consequence consequences were if we weren't going to win. Um, and that game, that game went back and forth. It was a, a really uh, crazy game with interceptions and, 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 and all sorts of turnovers. So, um, I, I mean, I, again, we were prepared. Um, that's, a, I mean, it, it was such a crazy game yeah. with everyone uh, rushing the field afterwards and all sorts of things, but it was, uh, it, it was, it was a special game because we hadn't beaten Ohio state uh, since I had been there. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll talk to Don and to Jim on the, on the, from a coaching standpoint and from the administrative staff, uh, look at that game. I mean, you know, you knew it was big. You knew you probably you couldn't over, over, overemphasize it, but uh, talk about that preparation as it's from, you know, from a team standpoint, as you look, look back at that uh, and head into that game. Go ahead, Don. Go ahead, Jim. Uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Don, all you. From a staff standpoint, you know, being in a meeting and so forth, I don't ever recall the Rose Bowl being mentioned by any coach in any staff meeting the entire <laughs> week. The entire focus had was was specifically on Ohio State. Everybody seemed really calm. If they were, if anybody was tense, I personally didn't notice it, uh, and I just felt like, you know, this was business as usual. This is what this is what this is what we've been working for. This is what the kids been working for for all these years, and I just felt like. This was their opportunity to, to, to go where they intended to go at, from the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the things that, you know, from a player standpoint and having <laughs> and watching and observing them during the week and that kind of thing. Um, you know, one of the things that we always talk, that I was, I was trying to talk about is one play at a time, one series at a time, one quarter at a time, one half at a time. And that team probably was the best team I've ever had in terms of kind of dealing, dealing with it that way. Yeah. Um, I was really uh, always impressed with their ability to kind of stay focused, even though, you know, good, bad, or indifferent didn't really matter. It just seemed like guys were always, you know, getting back to getting back to where they should be and ready to play for the next game, ready to play the next play, whatever it might be. And uh, I was really impressed with that, that group that way. And I, and I remember specifically thinking later as the season wore on that year uh, that they had done a great job of that. Vinny, you were a first-team All Big Ten pick, but it was Seth Morales. It was in the it was the fourth progression. Where were you on that play, and how come you didn't get open enough for the uh, to catch catch the ball and take it downfield? I want to know the answer to that right now. If I recall, it was it was either the second or third down, and I think I was exhausted from the first two. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I, I usually got IV'd. You, you know, most of those games <laughs> have <laughs> uh, every every game every. <laughs> in that game I had to do it in the fourth quarter because of course the cramps came and you know so I'm trying to run into the locker room with both calves locking up so I could get the damn IV so I could get back out there because I knew I knew we were going to win that game I, uh, I I didn't I didn't have a feeling that player for player they were better than us I mean they, they definitely had some guys and some, some high draft picks but we, I, no way I was losing to Nick Bell, sorry, or Jerry. West. I, I beat their asses in high school. I wasn't, I wasn't losing to them up there. So I, I had, had a lot of friends on that team, uh, that Ohio State team. So I had, I had a lot of trash talk at stake. 
<laughs> I can only imagine. Gilbert, you're, you were obviously on the sidelines. It's another one of those where were you moments. But, uh, again, a freshman that uh, <laughs> was such a huge contributor, a very good defense that uh, had a lot to do with it. But, again, it helps to have number 15 on the field. It helped help to have – you always felt like you were in games. But looking at that one, uh, what's your takeaway now that you've had this career in coaching and talking about the magic of a moment like that, which is which is an iconic moment not only in Purdue history but really in the history of the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't know if Benny remembers this, but, you know, my freshman year, his senior year, it was – I was number 16 – Obviously, Drew is 15. Benny was 14. So our lockers were right next to uh, – was, it was right next to them. And um, I remember, like, listening to them, and, you know, they acted like they were talking to me. But obviously, I was too damn young to know what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> but I remember, like, those two would never panic yeah. about anything. You know, they just would never uh, – they just never would never panic. You know, Benny would be extremely hyper and stuff like that. But as far as, like – you know, not thinking that they couldn't make a play that just never happened, regardless if it was we we're doing two minute drill against them in in in, uh, in practice or, you know, if it's a big time moment again, I just never remember them panicking. So uh, I remember in that game, um, that was the first time uh, I don't know if Jason remembers this, but that was the first time that I had been uh, that I had been pulled. I had been benched and not benched, but I mean, I had got pulled twice in the same damn game. And, <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, I went out and I made a mistake and, you know, I get pulled and then I go back out there again and second half, I make another mistake and he pulls me out again. And, um, I just remember like digesting it, uh, on the sideline in the last three, two or three drives. Like I didn't play those last two or three drives. And so, um, just understanding exactly what's going on. And it just wasn't, you know, for me personally, it wasn't my moment, but it was a true team's moment, you know, and, it, uh, you know. Seth is the guy that, you know, the, the, the consummate teammate, he's going to do what he's supposed to do. He's going to do it right. He's going to do it that way every time. And, uh, you know, he did, you know, and, yeah. and, and so that's a testament to who, to who he is and, uh, you know, the type of team, the type of leaders that we have, man, regardless of what happens, uh, you know, you go make a play uh, when it's your time to make a play. All right. I know we're taking a lot of your time. We're going to go one more round the horn on a question of it. All right. The 2022 team, you guys are all pretty ingrained in watching Purdue football or been, been around it. Uh, your football guys, uh, they're in the middle of a run. Now, truth be told, we were recording this before the Nebraska game. So don't know the results of that one, but just talk about what you see, see out of this team and, and a lot of seniors on this football team, some experience, uh, an offense that can do some things, a quarterback that can do a lot of things. Uh, I'll start with you, Vinny. Where, what, uh, what do you like about this team? And, and if they can make a run through October, they just might get to the Big Ten playoff. They can win all four games. Well, you already know I'm a fan of Charlie Jones. The boy can play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my Yeah, he's been uh, terrific. He wears 15 or 14, so I guess he's one better. I'll take that. <laughs> that's good. But I'll, my, my, uh, what I'll take away from this year that I've seen so far is the way that our defense can stop the run. I mean, yeah. the way we stopped the run against Minnesota was nothing short of impressive. And, and I, 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 look, I look back, I've, you know, since Brahms been there, this might be his best run stopping defense. Mm-hmm. And, and it showed in that North Minnesota game because they, they would, they would never throw it if they didn't have to. And we may <laughs> throw it. And, uh, you know, we won that, I believe without Graham. Uh, that guy's <laughs> well. I, I, between Thrice, Graham, and that defensive front, I, I mean that's that's pretty good. Uh, uh, 
defensive identity with those guys. Them guys can play. Yeah. Jason? Well, first of all, I was at the Penn State game. Uh, yeah. And we should have won the Penn State game. Yeah. Uh, and, and Penn State, you know, uh, they're not – I don't even think we get – or Penn State is even getting the credit for uh, where they are uh, in the rankings this year because I've already heard them, you know, being badmouthed. Um, but I really do think uh, if you look at the schedule um, and then if you compare the Octobers to our October, um, of course, they don't play Michigan or Ohio State, but um, it is shaping up nicely. And um, I, I do like I do like what the defense is doing. Um, and, and I think I think they I mean, being four and two right where right where we were at four and two, six games in with six left. Uh, and if you look at the remaining schedule, um, this has got to be their year to do it because the schedule gets harder after this. All right, Jim, what what's your your thoughts on uh, on that run and what it take what it may take uh, to win that division? Well, I think it you know obviously it takes getting some guys back that healthy that look to be that they've had you know injured and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of see the same thing. I I think over the last couple of years, there's been kind of a consistent improvement in terms of, uh, you know, physically how they how they appear on the field and all that kind of stuff. I think they're a much more um, solid uh, solid team up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think, uh, you know, and obviously uh, the quarterback's outstanding, and, and I think he does a great job. Um, so, yeah, I think they've got a real opportunity to be successful. Yeah, well said, Gil Gardner. You, you, you look at looking back from a coaching perspective. Uh, I, I'm not going to ask you to to uh, take to, uh, to to break down Ron English and that defense, but uh, you know a lot about that. This is this is a team that's really has improved and probably as good a run defense as Purdue's had since your senior year, I would say. Yeah, and, and what you see what you see with them when you watch them week to week, you know, is you see a group of guys that are are, are uh, they play passion. They play with passion and, you know, I don't understand how you can, you can play defense without it. You know, the offense knows where they're going. The offense knows the play. They know exactly how it's going to kind of unfold. And as a defense, you know, you got to have an edge to you and uh, they are, man, they're playing with, they're playing with a true edge, you know, uh, you know, Penn state. And uh, I think it was uh, Syracuse, you know, we kind of uh, lost it at the last little bit right there. But even before that, man, you see these guys truly playing some, some deep, some true, some true defense in a, in a game now where, you know, obviously this, the game is being slanted more towards the offensive, offensive side of the ball. So uh, to see those guys being able to get to, to get up for big games and make stops, you know, because that's what it's about, you know, getting people down on the ground and, and being excited about what you do. So they're doing a great job and, uh, you know, hopefully they continue it uh, moving forward. Don, I want to ask you in the five-year anniversary of, uh, uh, excuse, yeah, it's been five years for Joe Tiller since his passing, and uh, uh, his legacy is still intact by all of you here, and that's an important, extremely important thing. But what was that? What did that mean to Joe to to to, to make it to the Rose Bowl? I mean, uh, stating maybe the obvious, but to to have that opportunity and and have that run in October and get to the get to Pasadena was uh, something very special for all of you, but it's certainly extra special for him yeah I, I i can remember uh going on the bus to the day we were practicing at the rose bowl the day before the game and uh i was sitting next to coach tiller and brock was right there and the three of us you know we'd known each other since really 1982 yeah. and so to be driving up and seeing 
the the Rose Bowl there. I remember I I I looked away from those two guys because I was uh, misty eyed to say yeah, that. I no was doubt. like you know growing up in the Midwest to actually go to the Rose Bowl and actually you know not being a college football player, I never had an opportunity. I never dreamed I would go to the Rose Bowl, and so to be with these guys here and to be a part of what they did, and then to actually be on that bus. And, 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 and I know that both of them were a little misty eyed too, uh, even though I turned away, I could tell. And I, that's so I, I, that's all I can really say about what it meant to coach. So it's, 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 you know, growing up in the Midwest, uh, it, it, it means a lot to go to the Rose bowl and, uh, to have that opportunity. I mean, you just can't say enough about what these three players did and coach Lathrop did. I mean, I just got there at the very end. So, you know, that was a, a building for four years to get to that point. And it was just an unbelievable experience. Great opportunity for myself and our family. All right, Nate, I'm going to last question to you. You were a college person <laughs> at that time. Did you get a chance to go to Pasadena? Uh, and what did it mean to you as a lifelong Purdue fan? I know the answer to this, but I'm asking it anyway. Go ahead. Well, I think, uh, you know, the things I remember, Alan, are uh, Nancy Cross coming through the press box and handing everybody a rose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When everybody stormed the field and you guys clinched. And then to be out there in Pasadena, I remember went with a buddy of mine and I, and you have the flyover and I am an American seeing our band on the field, uh, Vinny catching that touchdown in the near corner where we were. And you just, I remember thinking the whole game, I'm just so thankful to be here. I, you know, I can't believe I'm seeing Purdue in this building with these mountains and the sun going down. And I I just, you know, thank you on behalf of the fans because uh, you gave an awful lot of people a lifelong memory that uh, they think about and smile about to this day. Amen to that. And to all you guys, thanks so much for your time today. It was here. But one, one last memory, my favorite picture, uh, Tom Campbell was our photographer that most of you guys know, is a picture of Danny Hope and Jim Lathrop running on the field. And you can see Jim turning around. I don't know, is Danny turning around or you turn around Danny with your tongue around. out? Yeah. And your tongue out yeah. like, Holy, I can say it, holy shit, because Vinny's already said it. We are in the Rose Bowl. That had to have been the moment. And, uh, yes, you provided our family uh, a a lifelong uh, memory. And for that, uh, I'll say I'm forever thankful to each of you uh, for that uh, because uh, it was a tremendous experience uh, to do that. So, guys, thanks so much for your time. We went very long and you got busy lives, but we appreciate it so much. We look forward to seeing each of you in, in Ross Aid Stadium, West Lafayette, before long. We're going to even, uh, we'll even by this time, have celebrated Don Collar's 70th birthday by this time, too. So by the time this airs, but we appreciate uh, each of you. And uh, thanks again for taking the time to join us in our Monday Night Memories. And thanks again also to, because I know those autos are coming, come, cars are coming to everybody, but to, to Twin City and also the Chariot Auto Group for their support of this. So guys, have a great rest of the weekend and uh, we'll look forward to doing Thank this you. again before long. Thank All you. Right. Happy Thank birthday, you. Coach. Nate, I'll see you guys. Available anytime, Nate. Sounds good. <laughs> there you go. There you go.